Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. Today, we go deep into the supernatural Bible changes, commonly known in pop culture as Mandela Effects, with lifelong Bible researcher and pastor, Reverend Bill Bean. Now, many people worldwide recall firsthand experience of fond memories of certain Bible verses, which now act as residual in movies and advertisements because the printed Bible verses are not what many people recall. We'll discuss if the supernatural Bible changes are trying to wake its readers up and give clues to what is happening to our reality. So with that, Reverend Bill Bean, welcome to Recover Chakras. Thank you so much, Vaughn. It's a pleasure to be with you and uh, looking forward to a, a great interview here. Uh, I'm super excited. I've always wanted to record an episode with a pastor or a reverend about Bible changes. And one of the things that every time I reach out to someone, it's kind of a taboo subject they don't want to look at. They know it exists. Um, and it makes it really hard for them to recite some of the scriptures that are most commonly recognized and, and recited because they have changed in the Bibles. And so it makes it really hard. But what I found is many of the pastors and reverends just do not want to acknowledge it. So let's get into why you're acknowledging it. So please tell us how you got started into researching these Bible changes which we commonly know as Mandela effects or in Buddhism and Hinduism, parallel realities. Yeah. And, and how I came to know about it was uh, through a client. I had helped, uh, I perform exorcism, spiritual deliverance. Uh, I'm a spiritual advisor as well. So I help people uh, in a variety of ways who have a variety of different problems. And so I was um, helping a lady in Scotland and uh, I probably, I want to say probably five or six years ago. And um, she, after the uh, deliverance session was over with, she had sent an email asking me, had, uh, did I know about this Mandela effect? Uh, had I looked at the scripture changes and all this? And I, I have to tell you, I was really annoyed at first because I'm always very busy. Mm -hmm. my, um, my operation is almost like a 24 seven, because people come to me, I'm immersed in the sufferings of others on a daily basis. And uh, 
So I was kind of annoyed by the message. I thought, I don't have time for this. This sounds so preposterous. Yet, oh, I, when I went to delete the message, I felt that God was stopping me in my spirit. I felt like he was telling me to take a look at this. Uh, she had sent a, a video link, a YouTube link. And I didn't want to do it, but I obeyed what I felt God was putting on me. And I clicked on the link. And uh, this guy had made a video about the changes. And the first one was Isaiah eleven six, which is one of the most well-known scriptures and verses in the entire Bible. And there are paintings and statues and uh, little figurines like this right here uh, made of it. And it's the verse that talks about, and the lion shall lay down with the lamb. And um, it's, it's a verse that everybody knows. And, and suddenly, he's saying in the video that uh, the verse had been changed. And uh, it now said the wolf. So I stopped. I have a bunch of Bibles uh, in my home, in my office. One is nearly 200 years old. And uh, so I grabbed them all. And, um, you know, I laid them all out across the desk here. And I opened to Isaiah eleven six, and I, I nearly fell out of my chair. I was so shocked and startled by what I saw that it now says the wolf. Doesn't say the lion and the lamb anymore. It says the wolf, and I, I couldn't reconcile that. I could not because it's one thing if books come out of the uh, printer off the presses that have had things altered in them. Um, that's one thing. But if we're talking about, you know, the Bible, which is the most popular book in history, uh, and and if we have these Bibles in our possession, you know, in our homes, in our offices, um, and, and those words are changed in Bibles that are in our possession, that becomes supernatural. And, and so, uh, it took me a while, a couple of weeks to really, for the shock to wear off. And then I continued to watch the video and he pointed out many other scriptures, which I went and researched those as well. And was just absolutely astounded to see these changes. And there is no way, and I've had debates. I had one debate with a uh, pastor in Tennessee, who's a Bible, Bible scholar. Mm -hmm. And, um, he attacked me and had people attacking me in any which way you could think of people threatening me. You, you just wouldn't believe it. It was terrible. Um, but the fact of the matter is that this is real. These things are really happening. And in that debate with him, when I mentioned just this little bit that we're talking about now, he said, it's always been that way. And I must not know the Bible because those things have always been in there. And, and I'm thinking to myself, and I said at one point, I said, well, if you believe that that's true, well, then you never knew the scriptures in the first place. And this is why God told us to hide the word in our heart, because the day would come to where these changes would take place. And I'm going to read this to you from uh, a little Mandela website that I have that lists a lot of these things. Uh, this is Amos 8, verses 11 and 12. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine into the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, 
but of the hearing of the words of the Lord, and they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. And I think that's what's happening here now with these changes. And it's so sad and unfortunate, Vaughn, because what's happening here is that each generation that comes along, you know, after this point, uh, they won't know any different. So they'll see these words in the Bible and they'll go, what? What are you talking about? That's what it says there. They won't know any different. And so this is a tactic, um, I believe, that it is uh, the devil who is behind this. And this is, uh, so Daniel 7, verse 25 says, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. So you mentioned something about a parallel universe. I can believe that because I believe that our God, Yahweh, created this universe and probably many others. Uh, there's no limit to what he can do or what he, you know, his thoughts are not ours, his ways are not ours, so he can do whatever he wants to do. So uh, perhaps the devil, Hasatan, uh, Satan, knows this because he held a very high position in heaven. And when he and a third of the angels were uh, kicked out of heaven, uh Perhaps they came down here, and this was a very cleverly calculated plan to serve Yahweh by doing these things. And uh, through fallen angel technology, quantum physics, because I believe that devices such as CERN and D-Wave quantum computers probably have a part in this, because when we're talking about, again, having things in our possession, not only Bibles, but other things as well, as I'll, I'll point out as we go along here, um, when they are altered and changed, that becomes supernatural. There's no mm -hmm. other way to explain that. Mm -hmm. And so some people like us, you and I, we could see this and other people, um, but yet other people, they absolutely, even if they see it, and th this applies to most of the pastors and churches of today mm -hmm. um even though they know something is wrong a they're either living in denial or b they just flatly refuse to talk about it for a variety of reasons and that is sad and unfortunate because if i'm a, a man of god and an agent for god then i have an obligation and responsibility um to serve God, but also to serve my fellow man. And as part of that service is to give truth and, and lead people in truth. Otherwise, it is a disservice to God and a disservice to my fellow man. So I don't know what these people, you know, what they think they're going to accomplish by just trying to put this under the rug or whatever, but uh, it's not good. And it's a disservice to people. It's very sad. Right. And, you know, I came to the, the Bible changes in a, in a different structure. So um, I, you know, obviously everybody knows I'm, I'm Buddhist, born and raised into the metaphysics of Buddhism and consciousness. And we know that consciousness creates reality, but not to go too far into advanced esoteric Buddhism. Um, I'm familiar with many of the popular scriptures in Bible because I grew up in the United States and many of my friends are Baptists, LDS, uh, Mormon, um, LDS is Mormon, uh, 
Christian, Presbyterian, I mean, you name it, Jewish, et cetera. And um, as an open-minded Buddhist, I'm always welcome to it, different ways to understand God and consciousness and um, kind of how we can live our best version of ourselves in this life. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm very familiar with these verses because these are the most common verses that are used um, that I have familiarized myself growing up with. So I have almost memorized. And, um, but when they started changing and I started reading, I'm like, this is different. And everybody just has that baffled look, but nobody really questions it. I'm like, well, something's happening here and you guys need to question it. So, um, cause if you don't question it and you don't set it straight, then it's going to be the downfall of what you, um, what you communicate to other people because yeah. you have to have because you know because there can't be contradiction so um so anyway yeah, it's not truth it's not truth it's untruth you're spreading untruth yeah. so anyways um but not not necessarily my, my journey but as an outsider looking in and then seeing this in real time i'm i'm a bath one of the most baffling things was to see a lot of pastors completely skip sermons that relate to these most popular verses that have changed they can't what i found is many of them refuse to read them in church or to um, have their parishioners read them they like completely skip over the most commonly used popular ones that i've grown to get familiar with through my friends yeah. attending church various churches with them now they're not even talked about so so let's go through some of this and you know just for people to understand in hebrew abra kadabra loosely means i create what i speak and in buddhism what you believe speak focus on as intentions leads to actions which are tools used by a soul's own consciousness as discussed in the eightfold path and the four noble truths so consciousness creates reality which is why there are no coincidences so the more right the more awakened we are to the nature of reality the more focused dominion we have over our sojourn in within samsara so all knowledge in this tradition believes that it leads to wisdom unconditional love and compassion so everyone grab your oldest bible you can find for this exercise we're going to kind of go into this with reverend bill Dean, it's going to be so much fun. And we're going to go over the common scriptures that many people believe have changed. So I'm going to quote a line, uh, Reverend Bean, mm-hmm. and you will fill in the blank based off your remembrance of using it in your sermons. And if you have a personal experience to tie to that, please explain this. So here's, here's my Bible, you guys. If you guys are looking at the video version, here's my Bible. Okay. It's, it's an old Bible. Holy Bible, okay. It is from 1883. It's so old, it broke apart, you guys. Oh. And if you and if you guys can see, there's like dust flying down. The papers are like, oh my god! I, mean, I tell you, it came out of a, a, a pilgrimage or something. So, anyways, so I open it very, very gently. You can see there's pieces flying. Oh my god! <laughs> hilarious. Okay, so the reason why I brought the oldest Bible for this exercise, you guys, is that uh, it's a point, prove a point. So this is the Holy Bible. 
1883 was when it was printed, and it was, was printed by the New York American Bible Society, distributed in the United States. Now, in 1883, there isn't very many competition for Bible publishers, so this is like the main one. So most of the Bibles printed at the time was going to be from the New York Society um, of American Bible Society. All right, so that's what most people were reading from. Yep, yep, that's what most since 1883. And the other thing also is most of the Bibles were um, were published and bought by middle class or upper middle class families or debutantes. So uh, working class usually didn't weren't illiterate enough at that time to read the Bible, so they would go to the church and 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 trust that the pastor is picking the appropriate verses and you know teaching the appropriate lessons. So anyways, this was printed since 1883. So for you guys who are like, well, you know, they changed the printing when they did the printing press. Da, da, da. No. It's been around since 1883. So where did you get that verse? That's the question. So let's go into this exercise. Um, first, look at Isaiah 11.6. So here's, here's the quote. And I'm, I would like you, Mr. Bean, to fill in the blank. The blank will lie down with the lamb. Yeah, well, the lion. The lion shall lay down with the lamb. And <laughs> go ahead, give him the punchline now. All right, all right. Okay, you got to be patient with me because I'm opening up this really old book, so I'm trying not to let it. I'm hoping break. those pages don't disintegrate as you're trying to turn them. That doesn't be funny. Okay, let me see here. I got it. I got it. I got it marked here. Uh, I I usually will um, put it in a Ziploc bag and never open it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Isaiah 11, 6, and here's what it says. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. Is that what you remember uh, no, reading to your to your parishioners? Not at all. And so, again, I've been called an antichrist. I have been called um, an agent for the devil, leading people away from God. Um, in that debate, uh, the pastor Bible scholar said to me, if I don't have my Bible, I don't have anything. I said, well, then I guess you don't have anything, because if you're worshiping a Bible— you're in big trouble anyway, because uh, we're not supposed to worship anything other than our glorious creator. And um, so it's just, I can't fathom it that people would go to those lengths to debate over something, to those lengths to try and destroy someone's reputation for standing up for the truth. And when they know full well that what they're saying is not true and it is not possible. And so I just shake my head. Uh, and, and again, I stand for the truth. So whether the whole world turns against me or people hate me for that or whatever, I'm sorry. 
Uh, I don't want to be hated, but I also have a responsibility and obligation to God and my fellow man. So I'll stand for the truth. Well, let me read you the further continuation of this. Mm-hmm. So this one is Isaiah 65, 25. And you guys, when you guys are going through this, if you're not familiar with reading Roman numerals, just go into an internet search and just type in Roman numerals six, and then I'll show you what this, the symbol looks like so that you know how to go through and, and look at them. So, um, so especially for the, the audience that isn't familiar with the Bible and how it's orchestrated, when they say like Isaiah 65, 65 is the Roman numeral, and then uh, 25, 25 is the verse. So that's how it's organized. Just FYI for people doing this exercise for the first time, because this is an international podcast that goes to Asia and other parts of the world. Amazing. So 65, 25 Isaiah, here's what it reads. I'm going to the my wo- Bible to look at this too. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah 65, 25. Here's what it reads. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. Yeah. So again, now the wolf and the lion are best friends. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think that it is a demonic deception. And I think what this is, and if you really break this down and analyze it for what it is, this is what the theme and what the message is saying is accept evil as good because it's all good and everybody's together, good and evil. And don't worry about anything. You can embrace anything and everything because it's all good and it, it, so there is no evil because evil's good that's pretty much what the message and the theme in there is wow wow so that's very confusing for um for teaching about morality if there's yeah, no because the scriptures tell us those uh who call evil good and good evil you know, that's wickedness right there. And they will do woe to those. That's what the scripture said. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And so there you go. I mean, it's inserted in there now to say, accept, embrace, because everything is good. Right. And that's wrong. So that's let me absolutely ask you. Absolutely wrong. So we're going to go a little bit more into this. And you guys, once you guys get into this, you guys are really, I I, I highly recommend you go into a lot of the other ones as well. These are the most popular ones and many people recognize. And I I, I as well. So here is the popular one. And it's perfect because we're recording this on Father's Day. So Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And, you know, I was just going to say that to you. So this was, uh, I was just going to say, so perfect. You, you, this, I'm glad you're bringing this out now. So happy Father's Day, everyone. But um, Reverend Bean, please recite the Lord's Prayer as you remember reciting it your whole life and being taught. Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forevermore. Glory, hallelujah. That's how I remember it. And I'm glad you're bringing this up. So I'll let you talk okay. about it. Show the changes now. All right, you guys. That is Matthew 
chapter 6, Roman numeral 6, verse 9 to 13. And this has always been written since 1883 in America. This is how it's always been read. So if you guys have it different, where did you get that information? Because mm -hmm. this is how it's always been published. So <laughs> this pipe was going to break apart out of this episode. <laughs> I'm praying for you that it stays together. <laughs> We're going to finish it. Okay. So I got Matthew. Okay. Uh, 9 through 13. Our Father, which art in heaven, mm. hallow be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it mm. is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts mm. and forgive us. Oh, as we forgive our debtors mm. and lead mm. us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the difference there is. Um, verse 12, where it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But there's a couple others as well. So from the very beginning, the first verse, our father who art in heaven now says our father, which art in heaven. So who is changed for which? Uh, and um, on earth now says in earth. We don't live in earth. We live on the earth. We don't live in the earth. And, and so uh, our father, now it says our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. False, wrong. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. So those changes right there. And then, yes, you're right. The debts and debtors, uh, trespasses has been exchanged for debts and debtors. Now, here's an interesting thing. If you go a little further down, mm -hmm. you will see about if we don't forgive others of their trespass, we won't be forgiven of our trespass. So that is confirmation that those words in there were trespass. Yes, I'm going to read that part. So it, it, if you go from 14 to 16, it says, and this is why there's an inconsistency, four, if ye forgive men their trespasses, correct, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, that's right, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So, why the difference between debts and debtors and trespass and trespasses? And, and that takes a whole new meaning when you're saying debts and debtors. That's a whole new meaning now. That's not, uh, you know, a trespass is someone that uh, does something against us, an offense. And, and we uh, knowingly or unknowingly, willingly, unwillingly uh, trespass against others from time to time. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is an offense. So a debt and a debtor, that's a whole other meaning. Now you're bringing like um, money. Yes, you're, you're bringing uh, so uh, that's a whole different ball game there. And so uh, it's just like every one of the other ones. Uh, you know, some, some are very subtle, just like with the on earth, in earth, uh, and others are blatant and, and blatantly evil as well that shows evil intent. And I'll read a few of those as we go along. But mm -hmm. um, 
so for for people that would say, okay, well, what's the big deal? When you hear a couple of these other ones that I'll read off, it is a big deal. And you'll see that there is a, a blatant uh, attempt to mock God and to absolutely uh, mock the Bible and the scriptures. Well, I, I will tell you, uh, Mr. Bean, Buddhism will back you up. So, but, but, um, with sci scientific evidence, but back to this, there's another mm -hmm. one. Cause I know we might have a couple that kind of overlap. So I want to make sure I go over my list okay. and, then, and then you, you can, you sure. can sprinkle even more, um, enlightenment. So this one is actually Mark six, verse 14. So you guys chapter six, oh. verse 14. Okay. And so emojis emojis are literary memes for conveying emotions it, yeah. it, it is not taught in english <clears throat> to put the back end of a parenthesis after a semicolon okay that's not taught in english and it's used in the emoji keyboard insignia like insignia okay so if you go to mark 6 verse 14 I think it's so, I have it here, but it's so small. I don't think you can read the text. So it basically says, and King Herod heard him for his name was spread abroad. Emoji, wink emoji. Um, yeah. For his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead and therefore Mighty works do shoe forth themselves in him. So, anyways, that 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 that, that was interesting. But and, and that was kind of like in, in that in that verse uh, when they put the emoji, it's almost kind of like a wink wink, here it comes, yeah, kind of like exactly a pun. Right. Kind of like a pun, you know? Like, and, okay, uh, here comes the punchline. When I first saw those, <laughs> and, and there's emojis in other places in there. When I first saw they those, usually put I them said, at the point is... where where they're gonna be like hit hit. Yeah, you know, kind of like a so again, wait for it. This is preposterous that these types of things would have been in the uh, in the original writings of the Bible, uh, and and in any Bible, there's no reason for it because the wink, wink again. What is that saying? Uh, it's like yeah, wait right, for the punchline. Yeah, I mean, it just it's ridiculous. It's preposterous. Yet those things are now in there. And you just shake your head. And uh, another thing that you would shake your head at is the um, grammatical errors that, and again, the Bible is the most widely recognized book in the history of mankind, the most popular book, the most widely distributed, and probably the, the most well-written, you know, something like this, they're not going to have any of these grammatical errors in the way that some of these things are reading off now, and it's you just look at it and you go, no, there's no way, there is no way on this earth that you would see some of these things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's another one, you guys. So I, I hope you're enjoying this interactive exercise that we're doing. Um, okay. And remember, do not be afraid. No, there's okay. nothing to fear you, in the situation. This is, yeah. and I, what I hope, Vaughn, is, and I've said this many times, is I pray that this will strengthen a person's faith because now is the time to really draw closer to God than ever before. 
And so if we can do that, then we'll have a covering over us. We'll have God's protection, favor, and covering, and empowerment as well, and discernment. And so this is uh, it's so vitally important for people to understand this, uh, because the devil, so all life operates on frequency and vibration. So if Yahweh spoke the world into existence, he did so by his voice, which was a frequency coming from his voice. So the devil knows how to manipulate those frequencies. He's called the prince of the power of the air and the airwaves. So he knows how to manipulate the frequencies. And so every person we hope and we want to see, and we all want to be on high frequency, high vibration. And if we can attain that and maintain that, then life is good. Life is positive. No one has a perfect life. We all have a set of issues and challenges. That is life. However, if we're operating on high then we're up for the challenge and we'll be able to meet those challenges and continue to move forward. But if a person is on low frequency, low vibration, life sucks. It's like uh, the black cloud over the person's head and nothing goes right. There's always a problem, a situation, a drama, and never an answer. And that black cloud continues to amplify, magnify over these people. And so that's what the devil wants. He wants to create, so he uses bully tactics to create fear. He wants fear and confusion, which causes division. And that's what this is all about. Because as I stated to you earlier, you know, here um, I've had other Christians damning me to hell and call me an agent for the devil and all these types of things because I'm speaking the truth. So they're in that the devil's having a good laugh because there's division and confusion. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say this, I have to clarify this because for the Buddhist audience and the Zen audience, um, mm-hmm. like the, the terms of the devil and hell um, in, in, in those traditions, they don't really recognize that, but they do recognize low consciousness mm-hmm. and low consciousness, low um, beings with lower consciousness that are further and further away from a light and from away from um, a direct connection to God um, mm-hmm. is of lower consciousness and they kind of swim in that suffering and um those kind of lower energies so they can negativity negativity and and the world that um that is created out of that negativity is uh not is the furthest away from what you would call paradise so i just wanted to so for some some of the audience um who are are going no 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 but that it's (laughs) it's another we're getting lost in terminology it's the same concepts so okay genesis 1 1 okay so I'm going to read this, and I would like you to fill in the blanks. In the beginning, oh. blank created the blank and the earth. Yeah, and now it's changed. It was uh, uh, heavens and earth, and uh, now is it, see, I'm confused myself. Was it heaven and earth, and now it's heavens and earth, or vice versa? It's been changed now, and, and so it's, uh, I think it's, is it heaven and earth now, or heavens and earth that they've, changed it well so you guys the question is in the beginning blah created the blah blank and the earth so let me read it so this is um this is what it says in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void void yeah and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, 
let there be light and there was light and he basically goes over the whole seven days and how things creation were, uh, creation and it was, so, i always thought it was heavens and now it's it's heaven i think it, it, so it always confused me how they either added the s or the n but yeah it's just a, and again just like i said to you it's confusing to me and that's what it's designed to do is to confuse people and have people stop and go wait a minute was are there multiple this, mansions or is there one mansion? Right. Exactly right. That, right. So, that's the common, that's the common sermon that I've been familiar with of all the different Christian and Catholic um, churches that I attended growing up with my friends. Um, and heavens, always... heavens means skies. That's yeah. what that word means, skies. So yeah. he who is in the sky is the heaven. Yeah. Or heavens. Yeah, so is there like one mansion or multiple mansions? Because that's the most common one. Oh, there's so many mansions in heaven. Well, there's no mansions now. It's just one. So yeah, um, right. My father so, has many mansions, and now it's mansion. Yeah. Yeah. So the heavens with the S now has no S, and yes, so the question is, is this a typo? Um, no. But then also, but then also um, in some books it says in this one from 1883 it says God, but in some books it says Yah, which is Y-A-H, both Correct. means, it both means the Lord. And is that lost in translation um, between different versions? Yeah, because God is a title. So so God in Hebrew uh, means Elohim, which means God's. And so uh, Yahweh is the most high Elohim. So that's why the first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me because there's other gods under him, other Elohim. He is the most high Elohim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and in a Buddhist perspective, just to give a, a little, um, another perspective, so nirvana, which is the void, okay, um, and then samsara, which is creation coming out of the void, so living beings as caretakers of the planet and dominion over reality, so Jesus in Buddhism is Yeshua, so in Hebrew, mm -hmm. yesh means exists, being something, and when you add the A-H on the end, of the words it's in reference to god so yeshua the the actual name of yeshua um that buddhists call isa or what western christianity or catholicism calls jesus yeshua is god exists in this being so meaning god exists in man incarnate so it's already see, in the word yeah and and so even in that there's a conflict because uh biblical scholars uh and I studied this through encyclopedias that um, mm -hmm. supposedly the Hebrew name of Jesus is Yahshua with a with a with an A, not an E, which means Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves through him. And so even in that, there mm -hmm. is conflict and dispute. And so the devil is always in the details when he's creating division and confusion. And right. you're right that in the 1611 King James Bibles. Um, it was not Jesus, it was Isus with an I-E. So that was the translation. So when... Um, yeah, the, uh, and in, in Islam, it's Isa, because that's what... Yes. They, they yeah. commonly called him Isa, and in Buddhism, they refer to him as Isa because um, because a lot of the indigenous Muslims in his area called him that. That was the nickname they gave him. Yeah, and so in Hebrew, the letter J does not exist to this day. And the letter J was the last letter added to the English alphabet as well. So I'm not saying that there's not power in the name of Jesus, but what I am saying is um, 
we can invoke the power of God by using the name of Jesus through our intent. And so it always comes down to intent. And uh, But the fact of the matter is, um, according to what I've studied, his Hebrew name is Yahshua, which means Yahweh saves. And then uh, I guess when the translations took place from Hebrew, Aramaic to Koine Greek, um, mm-hmm. it came into uh, Isus. Uh, and, and so then from there, it evolved into Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a there's a practice in Buddhism and Hinduism that we do when we get um, what we do in is notate the etymology of words in Buddhist studies. And um, it's very common to condense like a whole concept into a word, which shortens the whole story to save space on the scrolls. Mm-hmm. So words and this is this anybody can do this when you're confused about something. Words have history and geography and concepts. For example, um, in Buddhism, nirvana is simplified word for the whole concept of spiritual emptiness of the blissful void of source or God. And samsara is a simplified word for the whole concept of how the dual nature of reality and how physical forms are created in the physical experience of life for souls within the consciousness of God to incarnate into and experience existence. Um, consciousness and dominion within the playground. So this is explained in a beautiful way in this section of Genesis that we're talking about in the Bible. Now I bring this up because I see the argument that the word magi is used in some translations of the Bible um, instead of directly referencing the three wise men from the East as they, but the word magi is not singular but plural and references the three men, which is further coined for magic or magis mm-hmm. uh, because they were practicing metaphysics and consciousness studies that seem supernatural to the untrained eye. Uh, but in reality, it's really scientific. So um, just, just etym- etymology will, if you go into etymology of words, you will get the history. You will get all the evidence to prove exactly what you're saying, yeah. uh, with even with the simple name of of, of Jesus. So it's let's all go. There. To, it's all there. It's all there. There's no hiding. You just have to. But that's but people they don't expect people to do the research. I've gone into churches, Vaughn, and uh, spoken a, a little bit about this, where I said to the people in the church, "Can you tell me the name of God?" And most couldn't. They couldn't tell me his name is Yahweh. And that's just mind-blowing to me. But it's not being taught. It's not. So there are cookie-cutter messages that are being taught in most of today's churches. And there's no real, and and I hate to be critical, uh, but there's there's no real effort to bring forth any type of studies or digging into historical things to have that level of understanding and it's very sad and unfortunate and i think it's a disservice to the people um that they're not being taught these things and and at the same time uh we should all want to seek knowledge and thirst for knowledge because knowledge is power so i can't put the blame entirely on the church I put it on each and every individual as well, because, uh, you know, if you really want to know truth, well, then you got to seek it. Jesus said, if you seek the truth, you'll find it and the truth will set you free. 
Mm-hmm. And the, sh- the truth is usually consistent everywhere. <laughs> it's not just consistent here. It's consistent everywhere. That's why yeah. it's truth. Let me ask you this. So let's go to the next one. This is Matthew 18, 20. Matthew 18, 20, you guys. Go to that section of your Bibles. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you the, um, the verse, and please fill in the blank. For where there are blank gathered in my name, there am I with them. So what is the blank? What's the word that fills in that, that popular? Where, where two or three are gathered in my name. Matthew 18, 20. Yeah, where there are. It used to, I thought it used to be. Now, I could be wrong about this, Vaughn. I used to think where it said where there are two or more gathered in my name, there also I'll should be. But now it says two or three. Okay. I remember for where there are two or more. I always remember it says me too. Two. That's yeah. Because that's... this is the most popular ones. And when you're going to convert people into different, uh, you know, into the um, theology, they use the most popular ones. So yeah. there's the consistency. That's what so I thought like, too. Yeah. It's like drumming the same one. So, you know, I've, I've gone to some growing up and I go, oh, let me, I got that one. I got that one. And I would, and they're like, dang, she knows it. Girl, I have been to a lot of these, and then and, you guys use the same material, so I have it down. And see, so the, again, that speaks to your commitment to seeking and thirsting for wisdom and knowledge. Well, let's read what it says since 1883, you guys. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew 18 20, four, where two or three are gathered uh-huh. together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Yeah. So, so I remember two, two or more uh, gathered in my name. That's how I remember it. But it's just amazing that that slight little thing can be added in there. And then that causes people to go, people like us to go, mm, I don't remember it like that. I, and yeah. so, again, then there's others that would say to okay. us, you're crazy people. It's always said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's another one. This one's kind of interesting because when you find like it's, this one's almost like the emoji one is like, how can you be so modern? And back then, like, is there a time traveler coming back into time in 1883 and printing this uh, by the uh, New York? What is it? The the New York American Bible Society? <laughs> is there yeah. a time traveler in the midst or something? But here's a funny one. Exodus 13, verse 12 to 15, you guys. And so I'm going to read it and I would love you to fill in the, the blank word and it came to pass when pharaoh would hardly let us go that the lord slewed all the firstborn in the land of egypt both the firstborn or man and the firstborn of beasts therefore i sacrifice to the lord all that open the blank being males but all the firstborn of my children i redeem what is that blank well it should say womb all that opened the womb and and now i'll let you reveal the 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 that's in there now but okay this is exodus 13 verse 12 through 15 um thou that thou shalt set apart unto the lord all that opened the matrix that's right and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast 
the male shall be the Lord's and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And it shall be when thy son asks thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slewed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts. Therefore, I sacrificed to the Lord all that opened the matrix, mm. being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeemed. So, um, so my question my question here is, um, what, 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 as a pastor, what is it trying to tell us to do? Open the matrix and kill each other? I mean, what, I don't get it. What is it trying and, to tell us to do? And again, yeah, you've taken something and went in a totally different direction. So uh, again, it was womb and uh, children coming out of the womb, but now the matrix. So the matrix that tells me, and to, in my opinion, that is a clear statement that there is some type of technology, which I do believe is through CERN and D-Wave quantum computers that have the abilities and capabilities to open the matrix, which is these dimensions and dimensional doorways uh, for entities from other dimensions and universes to come in i believe that's what the statement is it's clear to me that when you see matrix in that context that's what it's saying that well, let me opening up these dimensional doorways for these beings to come in well let me ask you this what kind of beings from different dimensional doorways that you open up through the, the supposed matrix that the bible says to open up what kind of beings want you to sacrifice yourself as a like a sacrificial lamb like why would why would a higher consciousness benevolent being want physical killing or sacrifice yeah. when they open up i mean is this like what do we so Vaughn, right there, you have the answer. The devil is in the details because his mission is to kill, rob, and destroy. That's what he sends people, uh, demons to people uh, for. That is the game plan. So out of his playbook, it's uh, uh, fear-based, trauma-based tactics, divide and conquer, and killing, robbing, and destroying. That's okay. his M.O., and, and so... It, it says there in the Bible, since 1883, we should be sacrificing physical people to these you know when we open the matrix to these these entities that come through the matrix and from these doorways or uh, you know or whatnot it's but just unbelievable it's it, and again it's and that's more and that's moral supposedly like that's i mean okay if, uh, if you're in a if you're in a philosophy or in a church that is asking you to harm yourself or your loved ones in the name of yeah you better these, run from that place uh, yeah uh, I, I thought that was that was interesting yeah and and again so the devil is in the details and 
there's no mistaking that and there's no way that you can reconcile that so if i'm giving a sermon and i happen to read that and i accept that and try and push that on people oh no it's always said matrix well no that that makes me dishonest that makes me a part of the problem as someone that would push these things on people and and tell them no it's always been that way accept that as normal embrace that and it's okay uh yeah it's okay to to do harm to yourself or whatever you know that's fine or what to sacrifice that... and bring harm to somebody else yeah, in the name is, of the sacrifice what is that saying i mean that that is saying that you're endorsing wickedness and evil low frequency low vibration the the most severe uh, type of negativity that you can imagine and think of so there's nothing good that comes out of that zero yeah well then the question would be <clears throat> because in 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 buddhism and, and zen traditions um there are concepts of different dimensions different that's separated by frequencies and mm-hmm. the higher dimensions of consciousness have higher beings of higher frequency that are closer to um, the light and the love of source, God, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, um, and so the con the just, it's just so foreign of a concept to even sacrifice or harm anything. And when you meet, when you meet these beings of, of higher consciousness, it's just so contradictory. So anybody who recognizes that will, will, will do, wait a minute, that doesn't make right. any sense. Right off the bat, they would right go, off the bat. no, that's, uh, this is not right. This is not yeah. right at all. And it wouldn't even feel right in your spirit as you're reading something like that, you couldn't possibly accept that and say, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. That's what it, it's always said that. No. The sermon is a number one lesson. <laughs> Let's do another one. These are fun. These are fun. Okay. okay. So this is Isaiah eight twelve. Okay. You guys, Isaiah chapter eight, verse 12. And here I'm going to, I'm going to say it, and Mr. Bean, can you fill in the blank word that you recognize? Absolutely. You know, preaching in your in the Gospels. Okay. Say ye not a blank concerning all whereof this people shall say a blank. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be in dread. What is that blank? So say not. Say ye not a blank. Okay, so Isaiah 8, 12, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. But, in, but, but, but what you remember, before you read the, the verse, what do you remember it saying? I am not sure on that one. I'm drawing a blank on that. So it says, say ye not, and that's Isaiah 8, 8 12. So 8 12. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure on that bond because here it's saying, do not call any everything an alliance. These people say an alliance, do not fear what they fear, uh, do not be terrified. I do, alliance doesn't sound right to me there that's for sure which version which version are you are you reading i've got a holman christian uh study bible here when was it printed Mm, oh it's probably modern you know it's probably modern okay yeah the one that i remember growing up is the word conspiracy 
Yes, that's conspiracy, right. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Exactly and right. here's here's my example of, of the conspiracy. So I've had a lot of friends read this and this, and this is what made the as a little kid growing up, you know, I never heard they don't teach the word conspiracy in school. So this is where I heard the word conspiracy. So I'm like, oh conspiracy. No, you're right. Conspiracy. I remember that. Yeah. And it was and, and the whole mysteries of the bible and that that um history channel um documentary i watched the whole thing because i love all the different stories mm-hmm. and and one of the 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 episodes was on um you know jesus conspiring and doing a conspiracy and you know kind of shaking up the the uh the temple and you know this whole thing about conspiracy and it comes from this verse yeah so um so let no, me you're right read... you're absolutely right i do remember that now oh yeah. So I now have... it's saying here, it's saying alliance. Okay. <laughs> so let me read the 1883 um, version from the New York American Bible Society that all the United States had. From Printed as of 1883, Isaiah 8, 12 to 22. Say ye not a confederacy. Oh, yeah. To... That's right. All, I have that on my site. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. To all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy, neither yeah. fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let be, let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. So they basically say, do not fear the confederacy or be afraid of their antics, but instead uh, fear the Lord and let him be your dread. So here's a little um, here's a little tidbit tip that we do in Buddha studies, okay? Because we have scrolls that go back all the way to like 2,500 or so years, and then we go back even further to Hinduism because we carry some of that stuff on. And some of these scrolls get so old that they they lose their, 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 their words, and so you have to do etymology so mm-hmm. i did a little etymology and i said okay well if you're going to change conspiracy which is very popular to confederacy yeah what does that mean so i looked up confederacy so i'm going to read this it's going to be a little long but you guys are getting the practice of what we do in buddhist studies for old um, words that we don't understand or that confuse us so if we look up fear fear often is used in replace of its original source which is awe so awe means to have a feeling of reverence, admiration, respect of, or fear. Uh, Robert Polchek's Wheel of Emotions, awe is a combination of surprise and fear. For example, children often fear the disapproval of their parents because they have honor and respect for their parents, okay? And so in the Bible, when it says to, um, to let him be your fear and let him be your dread, it's saying have reverence and honor for the awe of the Lord mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, um, let him be your awe. Okay. Not the Confederacy. Don't awe the Confederacy. <laughs> Don't fear the Confederacy. Yeah. True. Awe, be in awe and, and admiration and reverence for the Lord. Fear the Lord. That's where the confusion of fear, because you think fear is, oh my God, I'm so scared of you. But the original word of fear is to be in awe and reverence. That's so, exactly right. So now, furthermore, I looked up conspiracy. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we're, we're debating the word conspiracy and confederacy. So let's let me read through this real quick. So a conspiracy, according to Wikipedia, is also known as a plot. 
is a secret plan or agreement between persons called conspirators for an a unlawful or harmful purpose such as a murder or treason, especially with political motivation, while keeping their agreement secret from the public or from other people affected by it in a political sense, conspiracy refers to a group of people united in the goal of usurping, altering, or overthrowing an established political power, depending on the circumstances. A conspiracy may also be a crime or civil wrong. The term generally implies wrongdoing or uh, illegality on the part of the conspirators, as people would not need to conspire to engage in activities that were lawful and ethical, or to which no one would object. That's why there was this big brouhaha about Jesus, you know, unreal, uh, exposing the conspirators. Yeah. Okay, the, 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 the conspiracist theorists are trying to expose the truth of, of it. So, so then if you look at the word conspiracy, Confederacy. Okay, so that's yeah. that's conspirators, the original one that I remember. In that no, it's true. I remember that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and that come and and the meaning of the conspiracy ties into that whole scene of exposing the um, unlawfulness and un and ethical behaviors of the rabbis of the temple in that whole scene of the Bible um, that Jesus was doing. So that makes sense. But now it doesn't say conspiracies anymore. It says confederacy. So I looked up confederacy to see like, what is the change in the Bible trying to tell us? So here's what Wikipedia defined confederacy as. And you'll find this interesting. A confederation, also known as a confederacy or league, is a union of sovereign groups or states unified for the purposes of common action, usually created by a treaty, confederation of states tend to be established for dealings with critical issues such as defense, foreign relations, in, internal trade or currency, like money, yeah. with the central government being required to provide support for all its members. So then you look up what is a central government? A central government is the government that is controlling power over a unitary state. So what is a unitary state? You're going down the rabbit hole. So here's ultimately what the meaning of confederacy in the 1883 Bible means. A unitary state is a state governed by a single entity in which the central government is the supreme authority there you go and That's as you right were there. saying that i looked up uh the king james verse in there and currently uh it says say you not a confederacy to all them so that is in the king james version so the holman version difference to alliance uh but the king james version is still confederacy and what you're saying is absolutely right and so again the message that you would take out of that is that uh it's pretty much saying don't worry about god and don't worship him uh worship the confederacy this conglomerate this this global power um which is in essence a global corporate power Monopolies. And, yeah. And it Monopolies. all comes back to that. 
Yeah. You know, treaties that put the whole that sub that subjugate all governments and they have supreme power over everybody's autonomy. Yeah. And their currency. Everybody's on the same currency right. and the same religion. So, you know, I mean, this is getting into um to revelations, but what are your thoughts on the Bible changes giving us clues? to steer away from impending disasters such as the proposed, I don't know if the, the correct word is like beast system, one world governments, monopolies. I think agencies. we're in it already. I, I think <laughs> we're in it already. It's already began. And I think it's only going to increase, um, Vaughn. I think that uh, they're going to, at some point, try and bring in that one world currency and they'll do away with paper money and everything will be digital and uh you know, through uh, cards and whatever. China has that system there to where if you get out of line, you know, you get your points knocked off and you can really be in a bad way. You can't travel. You can't do this. You can't do that. So it's probably going to come to a system like that to where they have complete control over people. And if the people get out of line with the government, you know, and then and the, the rulers, which again is the beast system, uh, they will be able to uh, certainly create havoc uh, within that person's life. Well, you know, in China with the social credit system, um, if somebody, I, I saw this video on um, on Twitter from this reporter in, in China, and basically this this old man walked the street and he had a heart attack and he, or something happened and he, he fell in the middle of the road, a busy intersection, and nobody stopped by to check on him or help him or anything else. And the reason why, according to a lot of the commentators in written in, in Cantonese, because um, you had to translate it. But the reason why is if you help somebody, a bystander, then it is, they assume that you are guilty. Wow. And, so, and how sad is that, that our world is There's no morality. There's no morality. Like, no. like you have to literally live in fear of, um, of losing your civil rights and losing your sovereignty and your well, uh, your livelihood for helping another person in distress. Because it that's assumes- what it's that's what it's coming to. And again, the devil is in the details. So that is the blueprint for keeping people in the fear-based, trauma-based way of thinking and living, keeping them on low frequency, low vibration. That way, they are imprisoned and cannot move forward. Well, in the version that I, that I read, it says a confederacy, neither fear their fear nor be afraid. So don't be afraid of this confederacy and do Correct. not be fear, fearful of them. So don't don't be scared of, of their their what they're proposing and don't be living in fear of what they're proposing. It's actually a call for courage. Yeah, uh, it really is. And now is the time for people to understand this. And to really step forward in what I call warrior mode, which is faith, strength, and courage. And mm-hmm. so if we're yeah. really operating in that level of faith, strength, and courage, then God will help us to overcome anything and everything. Daniel was put into a den of lions. Mm. God kept him safe and protected him through all of that. Uh, so if he would do that for Daniel, he'll do that for all of us. We just have to have that level of faith. Right, right. Yeah, that, that, and it's really good, too, because when you notice these things, to find... Um, a way to empower power yourself because it 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 requires some discernment like you hear that and this is what they're telling you to do do you toe the line and do it because you're afraid 
of losing your livelihood, your sovereignty, your XXX, or do you do the right thing that you know in your hearts of hearts is the right thing to do? So it's a test of morality and character. I agree. I completely so, agree. And you know, with, with how I talk about these things, with these changes, I get messages from people all the time thanking me for speaking about it because uh, they went to their pastor and people at their churches and they were ridiculed and, and uh, just absolutely um, lambasted and, and really criticized for even bringing this type of thing up. And that is so sad and unfortunate because now you're talking about destroying a person's faith. So if a person uh, is committed to that church in that community um, and then all of a sudden you know, the pastor, the leader of that church is ridiculing the person and reducing them to the point to where they don't even want to go back to that church anymore. That could really have a negative adverse effect on their faith. And I spoke about this on my show last night, telling people, be very careful. Keep your praise and worship guided to God. Jesus himself said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, this is how you should pray. So he's telling us who to pray to, and this is how you should do it. And so uh, it's sad, Bon, because some people, not all, but there are some that go into the churches, and all of a sudden they start worshiping the pastor or the priest, and now they're in dire straits because they're not worshiping God. They're worshiping that man, and that can put them in a really bad place. Mm -hmm. so you know i mean th this could be argument for parallel realities and it's actually shown that there is a pair there are parallel realities from consciousness i can believe it yeah the the buddhists would say um and, and many of the hindus was would say as well is that these are are pivot points okay now you got to choose where you want to focus your attention, where you want to focus your energy, and and what you focus on, you create. So if you continue to focus on the lower uh, frequency messages, such as hurt yourself, salvage others, when the dimensional gateway of the matrix is open, and you you just submit to that, and you submit to all these things that we're talking about, not having discernment, and just kind of going along with the the lower version of the yeah. um, the Bible presented, you're going to through your consciousness, experience that version of reality. Whereas if you pick the other version and you 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 know the truth, you feel the truth, and you you walk the other way, um, you're going to reach that higher version of reality. So yeah. it, it sounds it sounds like a like a spiritual, um, you know, it sounds like a spiritual warfare that's going on in, with reality right now. So for me, it seems no like question. the change. Yeah, for me, it seems the changes are low frequency as it moves slightly further from the higher versions of our older reality. Yeah. And it's like humans are being gaslighted and made to think that their direct life experiences with these old verses that never were, um, never were. So almost like the older, more logical versions which I think are much cooler versions and make more sense, okay? um, were completely scrubbed from reality, almost like free will is being slowly removed and yeah. we're being 
we're being coerced or manipulated into thinking we have choice, but really it's an accept this version of reality because there's no other versions to pick from within the consciousness of the Lord. So what are your thoughts in, what are your thoughts in that? So I completely agree with you. And so are we being gaslighted uh, by the Bible? Uh, we're well by the devil who's in the details. And so this is a tactic, uh, again, to lower the frequency and vibration to get people in fear, to keep them in fear. And then once a person is in that fear-based trauma-based way with the frequency and vibration lowered, they're wide open and vulnerable for attack. And that's what's happening. That's why I'm so busy. There's so many people suffering in the world in that way. Um, it's very sad. It's very tragic. And the only way that we can combat it is through real faith and, and just standing up in that level of faith, strength, and courage. And God will have honor and favor on us for our faith. It's easy to say, but difficult to do. But if, if you really get into that and into that warrior mode mindset, then you can become a victor. You'll no longer be a victim. You'll be a victor. And so it requires a lot of hard work. And most of all, it requires um, stronger than steel faith. Mm-hmm. But God, you know, if, if he would do that for me, Vaughn, he'll do it for anybody. Right, right. And, um, you know, uh, Reverend Bean, I think it like I think it's almost like a land grab, but it's a it's a power Correct. grab for the multiverse for consciousness. And Correct. I I taken it to almost kind of like we prepared our whole life for a test. Now let's test you and see who really you know, is going to pass the test. And a lot will be deceived. And, and that's part of the great deception, which I believe is taking place right now. And so when you, again, when you have people that are supposed to be of faith and they're condemning other people who are trying to speak truth, uh, I'd say there's a great deception in there. And um, it's very sad and unfortunate, and it is leading to the co- uh, confusion and division. And I want to share uh, with yeah. you a few more of these scriptures and I, I want to share one with you that I know you know very well I'm sure. I'm sure you know um yeah it, it, I I want to add to that um sure as well because it, it seems to be a test of faith yeah and it seems to be a test of morality uh, based, I'm, I'm not talking advanced ethics I'm talking basic ethics if somebody is that you know fell from a heart attack or died or hurt himself in the in the busy street like um that video i saw in china nobody is i'm not even there's not even courage it's just like basic ethics are you okay can i help you let me go get an ambulance but nobody wants to go there because they are so scared of the confederacy yeah yeah okay that's like basic 101 ethics and that's and it, it starts tipping away little by little by little by little to the point that's the society that that you live in and then the children are raising that and that's their version of ethics Correct. So, so each generation that comes along they're more and more desensitized they're led further away from god and they are more um enveloped and engrossed in themselves mm-hmm. that's exactly what's happening here so people could drop dead in front of some people and they just walk right over them yeah, they never stop. They never stop. Um, somebody can have a thought. It, oh, it's it's totally true. I uh, 
by my house a couple of years ago, there was somebody who got hit by a car and um, he was riding his bike and um, his helmet flew a couple of feet away and he was foaming at the mouth and he was just the, the bike he was in the middle of the of the of the lane and the bike had moved and you can obviously tell that he got hit by a car and um I had my dog we went go shopping and so I stopped and I put the blinkers on and I checked on him and then another gentleman and his wife stopped and he was he worked in construction so he put the cones all around it yeah. but we were the only two that stopped everybody else came around and just started calling us names saying get off the street you know like we're a nuisance and we're like hello you're you're caring for a person that yeah. has been mortally, you know, gravely injured. Yeah. And and could die. Exactly. Um, and and yet people are so hard hearted that uh, they see you as a nuisance. You're a nuisance for convenience to them. Yeah. So we called the 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 ambulance and we gave him the police report and all that. And, and I saw the gentleman many weeks later. He's no longer riding his bike, but now he's walking with him with an arm brace and, and um, a little limp, but he's alive and, you know, God bless him. I hope he, he recovers really well. Yeah. And I think he has, because I've seen him around and he's gotten better, but the, 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 the experience was, is you getting to work or getting to your destination that important that people are not going to understand that you're late because you have tried to help somebody who got hit by a car. Are, are people that callous that they can't understand that excuse? And see, so this is where uh, the devil's in the details again, because he is selfish. So it's all about him. And so that is the theme of the world, especially in America now, and especially with our youth. It's all about me. I don't care about anyone or anything. It's all about me. And that's what the devil wants. So Jesus, he was um, <clears throat> selfless. He would uh, put himself last, even wash the feet of his disciples. And the message in that was that he cared about everybody and put everybody before himself. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for us to have that level of caring and love and compassion for our fellow man. And yet we see the reverse. And that is absolutely the devil in the details to where people become that self-absorbed. Yeah. 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 So, in my perspective, here's my perspective, and 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 I get, I get everybody's um, perspective. But in my perspective, okay, it's Christmas. It's it's a it's a you know Easter. It's it's some kind of major holiday, and then everybody's feeling very kind and generous, and they're volunteering and doing all these wonderful things, volunteering soup cushions. Wonderful, that's wonderful. But when it is not time to everybody to acknowledge and, and be kind to each other and it's just everyday life yeah that's what i notice happening in society is just this callousness and this I like agree. non-detachment of of compassion uh when when nobody's looking and you're not going to be rewarded no one's going to pat you on the back at church and go oh thank you for volunteering to that soup kitchen for christmas eve which is great by the way, but when there's no reward and no acknowledgement and you just do it because that's who you are, that's the test. I agree. So you said you had a couple, you said you had a couple more verses for us. So um, thank you for sharing us some of your verses because I don't think I could open up this old Bible anymore. I literally, (sighs) I think I just broke it apart even more, you guys. (laughs) Oh my. Well, here's one that I know you know, and a lot of people know this is the story of Samson and Delilah. 
Okay, so the story always went that uh, Samson was like the super strong guy, and <clears throat> he had this long hair, and he was like a savior to his people. This is in uh, the book of Judges, and um, Samson was called by God, again, to be a savior to his people. He was super strong, super powerful. He meets this woman, Delilah, um, falls in love with her. And she was working for the other guys. And so she was an infiltrator and she caused Samson. He trusted her completely, but it was during one of these times that they were together, he falls asleep and she cuts his hair. So Samson had never had his hair cut. That was where his power was in his hair. She cut off his hair, he lost his power. They took him into custody. And then he ended up pulling the pillars down on the whole temple, killing everybody, including himself. That's how the story went. That's how it always was. Mm -hmm. And now let me read this to you. This is Judges 16, verse 19. And now this is Samson and Delilah. And she made him sleep upon her knees and she called for a man and he caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. No, uh, absolutely not. It was Delilah who cut the hair of Samson, not seven locks. She cut all of his hair. And now it's she caused him to fall asleep and calls a man in that cuts off seven locks of his hair. Preposterous. Mm -hmm. That kind of reminds me of the Boaz story about him and, and his wife. Um, okay, so in... If you look at the, the some of the versions of, of I didn't put this didn't get a chance to look this one up, but um, some of the versions of Boaz and his wife instead of Boaz, which is B O A Z, it's now booze yeah. B O O Z, yeah. which is weird. Booze is like what well, booze, and in Buddhism, I will tell you definitively because we have Yeshua in our scrolls, um, one of many teachers that has come through the schools, he had a son that he named Boaz, B-O-A-Z, yeah. one of three children that he has, Sarah, uh, I can't remember the second one, and then Boaz, for sure it was Boaz, because it's written in our scrolls, scrolls as Boaz, and I don't know where this booze comes from, <laughs> but that's different. It's just, again, it's preposterous. Here's another one, Genesis 40, verse 1. And it came to pass that after these things, now the original word was cup bearer. So now it says, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of the butler of the king of Egypt. That's like the, the matrix. And that's like the matrix instead of the womb and confederacy instead of conspiracy. And, and here, here's a Boaz. word, Bob. Here's a word for you uh, that you're going to go, what? This is a word that does not exist in the English language to this day. Uh, this is Leviticus uh, 21.20. It says, or crook-backed. Now, this should say hunchback, but it says crook, C-R-O-O-K-B-A-C-K-T, crook backed that word does not exist in the english language or dwarf or that have a blemish in his eye be scurvy or scab so it was originally hunchback and now it's crook back 
Mm. Yeah, it, was, it, was originally, it was originally hunchback because people recognize it from the reference right. to the Bible because the hunchback of Notre Dame is kind Correct. of like a, a homage to the, the reference of the Bible and like kind of the same kind of um, moral story in the hunchback of Notre Dame. It kind of triggers the same moral story in the Bible of the hunchback reference yeah. there. So there's some bleed through there. And here's another one. This is Numbers 11, verse 12. Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that they should have say unto me, carry them in my bosom as a nursing father, beareth the sucking child, a nursing father? That originally said nursing woman, and now it says a nursing father beareth the sucking child. So my question, my question is, is, okay, because... One of the arguments is, well, maybe it's just kind of a loss in translation over years, over years, over years. You know, you have loss in trans, but loss in translation from, I can understand booze from Boaz is kind of like a one word difference, but concepts are different. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. how can you get a lamb versus a wolf different? That's like a whole concept that's different. How totally can you different. get biologically nursing a child which is a female thing the science right. how can you get that concept different that now it's a man can nurse you know like a man can give birth to from a baby and chest, nurse yeah, and, and, and nurse yeah. i mean what is is this a whole transgender thing propaganda well, that started off in the bible or something i mean wh- it's wh- funny you say from? that because these things are being added in that way and i'm going to read a few more for you that's going to should give you clear indication that's exactly what's going on uh, another one here, Numbers 23, verse 22. Now, many places in the Bible, you will see the word ox. Um, he is strong as an ox. That's where the, 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 the saying comes from, strong as an ox. That comes from the Bible. But now, ox has been replaced. Uh, Numbers 23, verse 22, God brought them out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. A unicorn. It was strength as of an ox, and now it's unicorn. Yeah. Um, where did where did the unicorn? Where did the unicorn come from? Because uh, <laughs> it, it, it's almost it's almost comical because we got emojis, we got unicorns, we got yeah. men giving birth to. And I'm sorry, you guys. I totally respect transgender and and all that you could do whatever you want to do you're allowed to live your life how you want to live your life but there are certain things that are just truths okay women give birth and breastfeed not men um, and any man who shows you on tiktok that they are giving birth that's a woman correct posing as a man because that's how she's saying this that's how exactly right okay and you can argue all you want and I've seen this too in, in TikTok where it's a it's a suppose it's a man who is pregnant and gave birth. That is a woman Correct. pretending to be a man because she, that man identifies as a woman. So that's fine. And then he has reshaped himself to look and act and 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 be a man, but he did not go through and change physically have a sex change. So he technically he is still a woman and that's how he's able to be pregnant and give birth and nurse the baby because physically scientifically biologically he is still a woman that is identifying as a man so correct 
Absolutely correct. Furthermore, we have verses now, and I'm looking as you're saying that, um, there are many scriptures now that talks about um, being born out of the bowels of the mother, out of the bowels, no longer the womb, the bowels, being born out of the bowels of the woman. Yeah. So here's my question, because again, this is the question of not just getting certain words confused, uh, lost in translation. This is whole concepts lost in translation. And when you try to teach children and then they get and they passes on generation to generation, then they get confused. And then, you know, time passes by because they have been confused about certain logical facts uh, most of their life. And then they're childbearing years go on and then they don't have the opportunities come and go so my question is um there's obviously an intent with these changes okay is there like a depopulation intent or something because that's what what would be the purpose of this well that is part of it yeah you better believe it they want to um because what they're doing yeah because like when you reference women as uh, you know, the womb is the matrix, the woman is the bowels and stuff. It's basically subjugating and de- and and demonizing and, yeah. and and putting women down in the totem pole like 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 they're not worthy and raising men up all of a sudden to be this goddess of life. And, you know, so uh, what's so, the intent of this? Yeah, the intent is. And again, you see the devil's fingerprints all over this. So I he, do. His order is order out of chaos. So uh, that means everything is upside down and backwards. And that's exactly what's happening here. So uh, if you notice, and look, I love all people, I'm not against anybody, but I speak the truth and I, I do not compromise in my values, that's for sure. But the theme now you see that uh, they're making uh, men effeminate and weak. And, and they're building women up to be tough and strong and, and uh, masculine. So they're switching the roles and making the, the man the weak, uh, feminine one and, and the woman, you know, the strong and masculine one. Uh, I see that clearly. So the devil has had this short time to try and literally try and recreate the world in his image after his likeness, after his kind. That's what he's doing. His time's running out. That's for sure. Um uh, but that's what's happening here. In uh, Philippians 1.8, it says, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. In the bowels? Uh, again, that's just one of many examples I could give to you uh, about being born out of the bowels of the mother, no longer the womb, it's coming out of the bowels. Um, just some of the mo- And there's another one, Revelation 1.13, that used to describe Jesus as a commanding officer with a gold sash going across his chest. Mm-hmm. And now it says that he has a girt about the paps. That's a bra across the breast and a golden girdle. So describing him as a transsexual now. Mm-hmm. Which is not how Buddhists would back up that at all. Like we don't like none of the none of the the monks or the students in training through any of the monasteries, the uh, uh, all Buddhism and Hinduism play in these um, these gender games at all. Don't it? Yeah. You know. So it's, I mean, 
It's very it, sad and unfortunate, Bon. And again, I have nothing against anybody. I love all people. I've helped people from all walks of life and will continue to do so. But uh, when we look at the bigger picture here, I'm convinced firmly that this is a complete mock of God and an attempted takeover to lead people away from God and then create a new version where anything goes and there is no law, there is no order, there is nothing um, other than complete chaos and do what thou will is the whole of the law, which comes from none other than Aleister Crowley, who preached that during his time. Um, so that's what we're seeing. You know, um, Reverend, let me ask you this. For, for other pastors reading most popular scriptures in the Bible and then reading the supposed accurate version, which they know is not the version that they read and had have memorized muscle memory with. Um, what what do you make of, of that? Because I mean, I, I just envision these these pastors up there reading this, going, "Yes, and now the wolf should lie with the lamb." Yes, believe it, people. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I the, the, the I I just envision a lot of pastors up there, at the podiums having almost a secret conundrum going on. <laughs> And, and a lot of that has to do with money as well, because they don't have the courage to tell the truth and B, they don't want to upset the apple cart. So they don't want any type of upset in the church because they need that attendance and they want that cash register continue to ring. So they're not going to do anything to upset that little balance. So they'll continue to teach a cookie cutter message, pat the people on the head and say, see you next week and bring your checkbook with you. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's what it is. A great deal has to do with that. Um, here's another one that, but I want to leave you with this. Uh, yeah, leave us with a last message. Yeah. And then well, also, my, also, where can we grab your books and get a copy of it as well? So. Well, I'm going to tell you about this little passage first, and then I'll let you know about the, the other stuff after that. My cousin sent me a video clip recently of a very well-known mega preacher uh, up there giving a sermon. And he actually said this, Vaughn, and I could not believe that this individual recited this, knowing the truth, and recited it anyway. So in Revelation 19.16, it says, and it never said this before, he has a vesture on his thigh and a name written. Never said that. Uh, King of kings and Lord of lords. Okay, so uh, in the Holloman version, it says, and this is Revelation 19, 16, he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh. Absolutely not. So now he's Rocky with a tattoo on his thigh, uh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's preposterous. It was never there. And now it's there. And this mega preacher who gets 20 some thousand people coming to his church every week, and he's all over TV, he recited that and had no problem reciting that to all those thousands of people. And I heard that and I just shook my head and I just absolutely unbelievable. How could you, how could you stand in front of all those people and recite that and act like nothing's wrong with that and treat that as truth when you know it's a blatant lie and it is a blatant mock of God and Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and God, God does find some curious ways to make spirit spirituality cool again and encourage us to work together to go over humanity's hurdles. And, um, you know, 
what what do you think? Should we use the Bible changes as encouragement to read closely our Bibles and cross-reference wisdom from each other? That's what my message truth? is, Vaughn. Yeah, absolutely. I think people, A, need to move closer to God than ever before. And B, in doing so, God will bless them with wisdom and discernment. Now, the people have to have that ability to... Um, or the want and desire to mm. seek knowledge, because again, knowledge is power and you should always thirst for that. So yes, it can be a positive thing because I'd rather know the truth any day than to follow along in a lie. I was born to be a leader and I praise God for that. I am not a follower of anybody. And so I completely rely on God to guide me in my ways and my perfect no do I claim to be absolutely not, but I do the best that I can do. And I try to be the best that I can be each and every day of my life. Why? Because I am that committed to God and that committed to my fellow man as well. So I have to, if I'm committed to God in that way, I'm committed to excellence. Mm -hmm. So if I'm committed to excellence, then I have to do the best that I can do and be the best that I can be each and every day. And I want to thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. I wish I could stay longer with you, but I can't. Um, and and we'll do a part two if you want to do a part oh, two no. in the future. I, I had so much fun. Where do people grab your books? For anybody out there, if if you are if you want to get a copy of my book uh, or books, um, you can visit uh, BillBeanWarrior.com. Uh, and if you want to have a spiritual deliverance session with me, a counseling session, whatever it may be, same thing. Visit the website BillBeanWarrior.com, and you can book a session with me on the site there. So I'm very yeah. busy, but never too busy to help somebody. And I hope that uh, we can do a follow-up uh, interview in the future because there's a lot more to talk about. That's for sure. Well, Reverend Bill Bean, it was so much fun to go, to do this exercise and go over the Bible changes with you and discuss the potential ramifications. Again, for more information about Reverend Bill Bean's offerings, his website is billbeanwarrior.com. It's in the show description. And we leave you with this last unchanged Bible verse from Mark 10, 27. With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Love it. So believe in yourselves and believe in miracles, everyone. Thank you kindly for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.